to another installment of The Deviled Advocate. It's me, your boy, old Sam Stiglmeyer, back at it again. Welcome back, welcome back. I'm coming off a pretty big high. I made potentially the best egg sandwich. It was, it was millimeters away from being a perfect egg sandwich. And I'll walk you through it. I'll walk you through it. But for now, I'm chilling. I'm chilling cuz I'm my 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 need for an egg sandwich satiated. My my day uh, uh done. And so I'm chilling. I just watched an episode of King of the Hill and I couldn't be more chill. So let's dive into it. Let's dive in. How what is What is a perfect or nearly perfect egg sandwich to someone like me, right? Well, hold your horses, you know, because I'll walk you through it. Also, wild horses are not good in a kitchen. You know, they're not going to help you make those those egg sandwiches. So I start off, you get some some lubricant in there, be it butter or olive oil. I use a little olive oil, right? I get that that going really hot, right? And then I dump... The remainder of a container of spinach in really hot oil, right? And then it cooks and it crisps up. And then I start, I crack a few eggs in there and I, I break the yolks and I just kind of spread the the broken yolk and the egg white over the spinach, right? Like, I, like I'm asking you right like you know. So I spread the eggs over the spinach and then, and then you cover it and you turn the heat down, right? And in my days... I've gotten pretty good at cooking eggs. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I've gotten pretty good at cooking eggs. And so you, you, you get the pan really hot. You get the eggs all spread out over the spinach and then you, you close it, right? About a minute later, you open it up. There's still some runny stuff on the top, but you've got a solid egg base, right? Egg and spinach base. This takes a lot of practice. This, this, like everything I've ever done, I learned to do because I was trying to impress a girl in high school. Senior year, I would cook eggs. We we called egg Friday. I'd cook eggs for this girl Emma every Friday, and it's I mean it's also the only reason I like tomatoes to this day is because she liked tomatoes. So I'd cut them up. I'd put them in this egg san- or the, the the these eggs that I'd cook. Sometimes we do egg sandwiches. Sometimes we would do omelets. Whatever. Tried a Benedict one time. Can't do it. I don't know how to poach an egg. I'm pretty good at making an omelet. Mm, homie can't poach an egg. Which is fine, which is fine, because I think big game hunting is bad, so why wouldn't small game hunting be bad? You shouldn't poach. You shouldn't poach. I digress. I digress. I digress as I digest this nearly perfect egg sandwich. So, this will take a lot of work, as I was saying uh, moments ago, but it's really easy to flip an egg sandwich. You know, you just, you move the pan back and forth, and you make sure your eggs are loose, right? Because nobody wants eggs that aren't loose. You want your eggs to be tight together, but loose to the pan, right? And you, you got to have a good nonstick pan. I don't know if this works in a cast iron skillet. I honestly don't. I definitely know it's not going to work in an electric wok, 
But what are you trying to make an egg sandwich in electric in a wok? You know, this isn't fried rice. It's an egg sandwich. So you get, you're making like a sawing motion, right? With the frying pan in your hand, you're getting your eggs loose. You know, you're like a, you're like a girl in that. T- <laughs> you're like a, you're like a woman, uh, in, in the, in the, in the pre-menstrual cycle stages or whatever. And the eggs are getting loose, right? <laughs> They're preparing to be flipped and, and flipping an egg is not that easy. You go forward, up, pull back. And then it's just a circle. You just forward, up, pull back, catch it. Flipping eggs couldn't be easier. But, you know, it's it might only be easy because I was trying it weekly until I figured out how to do it. And so here's where the fun comes in, right? Oh, and, 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 and this is a game changer. Before you flip it, before the, the, the gooey part of the egg, you know, because it's still a little wet on top, that's when you want to add your seasonings, right? Because that way it'll cook into the egg base of the egg sandwich. And so you, just so you know, just so you know, I don't care. Maybe maybe Chef Gordon Ramsay or, or the other guys, Guy Fieri, you know, Rachel Ray, maybe they'd say, no, you got to season, you season the oil before you put the spinach in or you season the spinach or, you know, maybe you put the, I don't know. This is just when I do it. This is just what I'm sharing with you. And if you follow these steps, you will make a nearly perfect egg sandwich. So it's seasoned. It's flipped. Now is the time where the the rest of the eggs are cooking. You put a little cheese on there, right? You you spread cheese over the whole thing. Not not a ton of cheese because you're going to fold. You're going to fold it. So that cheese is going to be doubling up on itself. So you want to just slight sprinkle. And, and I used a Mexican blend of shredded cheese today. Is it the, is it the best move to make? I don't think so. I deducted points for it. I think like a Colby Jack, I think, uh, uh, maybe like a, a, a monster or, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe even just a soft cheddar would be better. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Pepper Jack. Did I already say that? So you get the cheese spread out a little bit and then you fold over one side and then you fold over the next side. Right. But you want to go like you want to fold sides across each other. You don't want to fold left, bottom, right. You want to fold left, right, bottom, top. Right. Because that way the corners won't get too thick. If you fold it in a like in one continuous clockwise or counterclockwise way, You'll get one really thick corner. And that's not what you want. Because when you're trying to make an egg sandwich, what you, what you really want is a perfect egg sandwich final bite, right? Joe Parra talks about it on his adult swim show. And, and, and it's what you're looking for. So you let the cheese melt. You fold over one side. You fold over the other. You fold over the other. You fold over the other. And you have a nice, you, you know, you're aiming for bread-sized, like, square of egg. Right? It can be a little bigger than the bread so it hangs off. Or it can be a little smaller than the bread so it's nicely tucked in there. I like to aim for perfect like size of bread. You know? Sue me. Don't sue me. But it seems to be the best. So, you've got this square thing of eggs. And, and part of what went wrong with my nearly perfect egg sandwich that I had earlier today, moments ago, was that I didn't, I didn't spread the eggs fully around. I didn't get a full circle of eggs. So like I couldn't, I didn't have a fourth side to fold over. It was like, it was too short. It was just spinach. So I just cut it off 
in a square where the fold would have been. And I put the, I put those eggs on the sandwich too, but digress, digress. Uh, then you want to make some toast, right? And I think, I think how diners make breakfast sandwiches so good is they, they make the toast on the griddle and they make, you know, they toast the bread like with butter, you know, they grill it on a griddle with butter. And that's why diner toast is, is much better than any other type of toast. Cause if you're, if you're making toast in a toaster and then putting it on an egg sandwich, it's going to be a little dry, right? So you need a little bit of lubricant for me. I didn't feel like waiting for butter to, to thaw because last time I was home, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, my dad coaches college football. He's a college football coach. It's what he does for a living. They, they feed a lot of grown men a lot of, a lot of the time. And towards the end of their season, they must've had like rolls or something, or it was from Thanksgiving. This is exactly what it was. It was from Thanksgiving. They had all these like little pads of butter, these little tin, tin foil wrapped, like little butter things, you know, it's like a tablespoon. You, you see them at diners, you see them everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? But after after their Thanksgiving meal, they didn't have a, a ton more meals. So that butter just got thrown in the freezer at my parents' house. So I brought that up here. So I didn't want to wait for that to thaw out to put on the bun, on the, on the, on the bread. And I'm, I'm just using Hostess. You know, this is, this is, I'm not proud of this, but I got the bread from a gas station. It's just Hostess wheat. It's chill. It's not great, but it'll last forever. Again, another reason points are deducted. You toast it, you lube it up however you want. I decided to just put the bread under the egg for a little longer and it made the bread wet and who doesn't like wet bread? You know what I mean? One time, one time my sister had, since we're telling Thanksgiving stories out of season, uh, and talking about wet bread, my sister had this roommate from Korea for a year when she was in college and, and whenever my family has someone in their life from a different country, or maybe they're not leaving or they're not able to leave town for a holiday, they get invited to our house. And so she was there for Thanksgiving and and she asked my dad what stuffing was. And this man is not the most, you know, he's been on the show before. If you've listened to the show, you've heard my dad talk. He, he, he's good with words. He's not the best with words. Uh, like he can, he can command your attention and, and lead a team to victory or give a killer speech. But when it comes to describing household things, it doesn't work that well. My, you know, he, one time when we were younger, he asked my sister if she was, if she'd been wearing her deodorant lately and he's talking about a retainer, you know, he routinely, routinely calls the television remote, the plunger. And it's not, it's one thing to call it the clicker. Where's the clicker? Hun, hun, where's the clicker? But the plunger, I've talked about it on the show before. So he looks at this person whose English is not her first language, and she's wondering what stuffing is, what what dressing is, if you will. I'm not sure what your family calls it. I think it's stuffing when it's in the bird. I think think it's, it's dressing when it's cooked separately. It might have that backwards. He looks at this woman, he looks at her, he says it's wet bread. Stuffing is just wet bread and she didn't eat any of it. This is a world we live in. So another reason that I deducted points for my perfect egg sandwich is that when the time came to like top it, 
instead of grabbing Cholula or or a packet of hot Taco Bell hot sauce, because I got the Mexican cheese on there, instead of grabbing hot sauce, I grab ketchup. I'm not ketchup's not even a go-to thing for me ever. If I'm at if I if I'm at a diner and I got hashy bees, I put hot sauce on it. If I got an egg sandwich at a diner, I'm putting hot sauce on it most of the time. Unless that egg sandwich comes with pickles. I don't know if you have ever had this. I went to a restaurant recently called the called the Coffee Cup. And they serve you when you order the $4 egg sandwich. I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I don't care. When you they put pickles on it, dude. You it doesn't they don't put pickles on the egg sandwich, but it comes with pickles presumably to put on the egg sandwich. And so I'll put ketchup on that because I feel like ketchup goes with pickles more than hot sauce goes with pickles. But anyway, anyway, it was a really good sandwich. I made some broccoli. It was a really good sandwich, you know? And the perfect egg bite is where you get a, a, a piece of everything in the bite and you get a little bit of the runny yolk. I think the perfect egg sandwich bite is when you eat, you know, you get all the crusty parts eaten and then you just like the middle and last bite. It's like... Marissa and I do this thing when we, when we have like, we'll get a cookie, we'll get cookies from, from keys cafe and we'll open one and then we'll just each break off a piece at this, at the same time. And we'll, we'll avoid eating like the middle so that the other person gets the best cookie bite. It's like when you get pizza and it's cut in squares. I had this friend Nagasaki, Mexico, God bless the dude, but I will never understand this. When we would eat pizza with squares, he'd eat from the outside directly into the middle. And then I believe if I'm remembering this correctly, would start eating the the center slices that don't have crust on them. Right. That's, that's, that's crazy. That is absolutely whack-a-mole. How you eat a, a square cut pizza is you match what the person across from you is doing, you know? And so you each eat one direction in, everybody eats one direction in, and then you, you parcel out those best pieces, those center pieces that don't have all the crust. I'm being a hypocrite. I like the corner pieces. I like the tiny crisp corner pieces of a, of a square cut pizza. How do you guys, how do you guys cut your pizzas? Are any of you going to try and make an egg sandwich out there? Send me pics of your egg sandwich. If you do salsa underscore Dave. Slip into the DM some of your egg picks, dude. This is the devil to egg vacate, and I just, I don't get enough picks of eggs. You know, my mom sends me pictures of eggs every now and then, or quotes that have to do with eggs. It's been a heck of a day, guys. It's been a heck of a day. Oh, egg sandwich. That's all I really wanted to talk about. You know, eggs. It's taken me 180 or so episodes, but I figured we might as well talk about eggs all day, right? No, no, grow up. So we had a game week, game night this weekend, right? This guy, this guy segues like a madman. Uh, We're going to talk more about eggs. Just kidding. We're talking about something else. So I had a game, game night this weekend and it was totally bonkers. It (laughs) wasn't. Maybe it's not totally bonkers, but so I have a a few different like circles of friends. You know, I've got the D and D guys. I've got the film guys. I've got, uh, the Duluth homies and I've got the band, right? 
I guess the band counts as the Duluth homies, but it feels separate. And so I'm trying to coordinate with the band so we can have a game night where at least two of the three of them can make it. Cause, cause Jeremy and his girlfriend have been talking about, or I don't know if she's been talking about it, but he's, he's made it sound like he really wanted to come to the next one. Uh, and he only has select like Saturdays that make it work. Right. And so I'm talking to my buddy, Matt, uh, who's also been on this podcast before, uh, and he's the guy who owns like a hundred board games and he can master a game night. Right. So if I want to have a game night, I hit him up. He brings his games. I have rumbling tower, uh, which is just Django, but better and Uno, but the, the you know, Django, rumbling tower and Uno do not a game night make. So I hit him up and I'm like, Hey, do you want to do a game night later in March? And you, you're hearing this to yourselves. You're, you're like, Sam, you just said later in March, but you had it this weekend, which was within the first calendar week of March. And I know, I know. So I told him to plant the seed with the other D and D guys. What one of the other D and D guys was like, Oh, one of the newest D and D guys in town. How about we do a game night this weekend? And I was like, all right. All right, so let's 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 rewind a little bit. My D and D group started out; it was it was four of us, five of us, four of us: Matt, Sam, Josh, Dakota, Chris. It was five of us. Four of us playing the game, one DMing, and then Jesse enters the picture about I don't know eight, ten months into playing. Awesome! It's been fun getting to know him, and and cut to two weeks ago. Uh, I find out we're having an addition to the group. This, you know, one of Chris's friends is playing and, and he plays one session with us. He's really funny. Not, not as funny as me grow up guys, but they, he, he lives in Michigan. And so they were in town this week. So I've played dungeons and dragons with this guy one time. And now I'm, now he's getting invited to my house and we'll get to that. It's so weird. It's so weird, I think, because we play D&D without being able to see each other, right? So every time I see Jesse, I hear this voice of someone who I pictured to... And y'all are listening to this, and you're like, yes, yeah, Sam, we've, we've read a book that was turned into a movie. We've all imagined someone looking differently than what they, they end up to look like. Well, I, I haven't, okay? So this is a surprise to me. I've never read a book. I read Holes, and I guess that was turned into a movie. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I, I, this, this dude, you know, I, I've played with him for a week and I'm meeting him in real life for the first time. It took, I didn't meet Chris. We played for like 17 months, 15, 17 months before I met that guy. Met him at a, at a concert a few weeks ago. Jesse was, was, I met in January for the, like in real life. Like we just, it, it, this is Nerdville meets Pandemic. You know, you play a game with people that you, you don't meet. I would spend six hours a, a, a week with these people on Sundays. In no clue who I was talking to. Had a mental image of everybody. Was pretty wrong about most of them. But I think it's funny that this guy was in town from Michigan was like, yeah, I'd love to come to a, a spur of the moment game night on a Sunday. And then the, the other two guys, Dakota and Josh, they couldn't make it. They couldn't, they couldn't, what's going on? I'm never, I'm never going to meet these people. 
I'm just going to keep playing with them every Sunday. We're going to keep having our play dates, but I'm never going to meet them. Isn't that, isn't that wild? So Chris hits me up and he's like, hey, uh, Clint is going to be, Jake is going to be in town. His name's Clint, but it's, his name's Jake, but it's Clint on the discord where we play the game. So I'm confused already. So Jake's going to be in town with his girlfriend and we are going to have a game night. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'm there. And then he's like, can, like, I don't remember what he says, but it, it's kind of like, uh, he's, he's texting me to make sure I'm free because I know he's going to ask me to host this game night. Cause he just moved back to the state from, from across the country and is living with his parents. And one like the guy I know the best, uh, I don't think ever has people over at his house. He lives in a very small duplex and like, it's a, you know, it's a one bedroom unit. It's not a, a place to host. The other people live in apartments. And so I'm planning a game night for remind you later in March. And now I have to have one the first week of March. I like, I like parties, you guys, but I like to be able to plan them, you know, like I planned on going out and getting a bunch of craft sodas and, and booze and whiskey and, and, and beers for people. But instead I was like, well, I'm busy. And I, I, I was busy all weekend. I didn't have time. I didn't go to the grocery store. So I just, I, I door dashed four craft root beers and four craft orange sodas and eight bubblies and two bags of chips. And I said, you know what guys, this is what I've got. This is what I've got for snacks. If you've, if you listen to this podcast and you've been to a get together that I throw, there's generally a bit of a meal, you know? And so we ended up ordering pizza later in the night, but I just, I, I felt like I wasn't the best host, you know? Because there should be more snacks than chips and a few craft sodas. You know, somebody was like, hey, Sam, you mind if I grab a drink? And I was like, yeah, help yourself. And they opened the the, the beverage. And there's like 16 beverages in there, you know? And it looks empty from the angle they're at. And I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. But I'm, I'm the youngest one in the group. So I feel like they're like, oh, it's just Sam. You know, he's such a young college bachelor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was fun though. It was a lot of fun. Uh, cool to meet this dude in person. Cool to like, I've hung out with Jesse. He came to one of my earlier game nights in the year and I met his girlfriend. Like we've, we've, she's played games with us online before, but this was the first time I like hung out with her in person. We went to the concert together, but that's not really getting to know somebody. So that was a lot, a lot of fun. This is the first time I've like hung out with Chris. So that was a lot of fun. But Jake's girlfriend scared the sh- crap out of me, right? I'm, I like game nights because I like to have fun with my friends and I like to laugh. You know, I don't care if I win or lose. I, I don't, I don't. Uh, it, and it was, it was a, a big bone my dad had to pick with me when I was growing up. Cause you know, we'd lose a game and he'd be like, well, you could have done better. And I was like, yeah, but it was pretty fun. And he's like, winning's fun. I'm like, ah. All right, well, as you get paid to win, I'm just trying to goof off. And I think that's been a character flaw of mine for about 29 years now. But I have fun. But so we're playing this first game called Wavelength. And I'm not, I'm not going to dive. I'm not going to describe it. But 
immediately when the the teams are broken in, like broken up, she's like, I can't be on, I can't be on Jake's team. She just doesn't want to be on her boyfriend's team. She has no interest in it, which I think is funny. So she joins our team and, and there's this moment, the first round, right? Like you have to like turn a dial and agree on where it's going to be before you see where it lands. It's you're trying to like match wavelengths with somebody right on a, on a scale. And so Matt is up and she is like, she put, she's like, puts the, the, the scale in, in on the right side. And I'm like, ah, it's going to, it's gotta be more to the left. And April, uh, was like, I agree. And so she moves it to the left, like six clicks. And I was like, I think it should be mm, whatever. We're, we're fine. Let's check it out. And then it was the, the, the answer was way to the left. Right. And I kind of like, I'm like, Oh, well, you should have said something, I guess. And she's like, well, why didn't you, why didn't you say something? I was like, cause you're intense. You're, you scare me. I'm a coward. And she, she like, I feel bad about this, but it looked like the look in her eyes. Like, I think I, she felt genu- genuinely bad that the person who was hosting them was scared. And this wouldn't be the first time that I've been scared of somebody at a game night, but it chilled out and it was a lot of fun. You guys, you guys like playing games. You guys like playing games. I'm getting into video games. Yeah. I've been talking about that. Not going to talk about any more than what I just said, but I think, I think I'd take a game night over a night at the bar every night of the week, unless I'm trying to watch a sports game, in which case it's tough to do well while playing, uh, playing games. Oh, speaking of which, when we were waiting, so I've been talking about this show. Holy moly. It's a competition mini golf show, uh, hosted by Rob Riggle and Joe Tessitore. And you know, it's mini golf, but they have to like get through an obstacle or, or, you know, there's challenges that are connected to it. I knew I knew my friend, Matt, you know, you, you know, when you, you see a show and you know, someone will love it and then you just pester them about it and they never watch it or a book or a band or whatever. And I'm, I'm guilty of this, you know, certain people, when they recommend things to me, I'm like, well, I don't trust your taste. There are other people. If they recommend something to me, I check it out right away, you know, cause their taste is not suspect. So, so I've been recommending this show to my buddy, Matt for since I watched it, I was like, I know he'll love it. It's so easy to watch. And like, maybe he thinks my taste is suspect because he didn't watch it for so long. But when we were, when he was at my house, I was like, have you watched it yet? He's like, no. And I was like, you want to watch an episode? He's like, well, I guess. And as everybody came in and they're like, Oh, what are you guys watching? Matt's like, it's Holy moly, dude. It's the funniest show. It's the greatest show that exists. And I did it guys. I got him to watch it and he loved it. And that, that is one of the best feelings in the world. I think is when you, when you think somebody will like something that you like, you just, you want them to watch it so bad. And then they do like my buddy, Nate really wanted me to watch uh Cobra Kai. And when I did, I was like, dude, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My roommate really wanted me to watch peacemaker. And I was like, Season's not even done yet. Let it go. And then I started watching it. And I was like, man, man, have you guys seen Peacemaker? Holy crap. If you, if you're like, I'm not going to watch it because it's a superhero thing. 
let me let me tell you. I'm not a nerd. I'm I'm 100% bad boy, 50% jock, 10% you know Swedish DJ. I'm not a nerd. I'm not. I'm not. And that's not denial. I'm not a nerd. Facts say I'm not. I love this show. From from the opening credits. Again, like, if you, if you've talked to anybody about this show, they mentioned the opening credits, right? Like nobody talks about opening credits ever. Unless they're talking about Peacemaker. You know, people will be like, oh, the theme song for, for It's Always Sunny is too long. Or the theme song for The Office is a real banger. Like, I love when when Psych does alternative theme songs. But nobody talks about the opening credits. These credits are the actors in the show dancing. A chore- it, you have to see it to believe it. But the show stars John Cena. And he's so funny. And Robert Patrick. And, and Danielle Brooks. And Steve Agee has an incredible arc in it. And it's a show about superheroes. It's by this guy, James Gunn. He wrote and directed it, I believe. I think he's, I think, I think, I think he's the guy who did the, what's that, what's that movie about the tree and the raccoon and Vin Diesel's in it, I think, as the tree. Guardians of the Galaxy. The movie's with the soundtracks, right? So Peacemaker has really good music. It's, it's, it's really funny. It's about superheroes, but it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's on the nose and off the cuff at the same time. It's not, it's not bad. It's good. And I realize that doesn't like describe it at all, but I think you just have to watch it. The fight scenes are incredible. The, 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 you know, John Cena is funny. I don't want to watch that guy seriously act as anything other than a guy being funny. I don't know. Peacemaker rules. What else are we watching? Said I'm watching King of the Hill. That's just a casual show, you know. Casual show to wind down with. Nothing more casual. You know, if King of the Hill is the most casual show in the world, Peacemaker not casual at all. Very intense. Very intense. But I what else? I I just I'm not a nerd. I'm not. This is and I know I'm talking about John Cena. This isn't a wrestling podcast, but I'm gonna. I might be rethinking my my perspective on on superhero content. You know, because when Deadpool came out, like I really enjoyed that. And and from what I hear, I you know trusted sources tell me I should watch the Suicide Squad, not the first one, but the second one because it's really good. And I like Peacemaker. And so it's like, maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to watch some superhero stuff. And then I think "Eh, I could just watch Party Down again for the 15th time. Because that's better. Because it's better. And it's about things that I'm interested in. Uh, What else? What else? We're watching 90 Day Fiance, right, guys? Do you guys, do you guys watch these reality shows? I don't. I never really have. Uh, Closest I've gotten to reality TV is is probably like uh vh1 like i love the 90s you know where people talk about music videos and and pop culture movements but we're watching 90 day fiance before the 90 days and and while i watch this like I, i it's cringe city but it's also like you want these people like certain certain people like mike mike and him him himena himena 
Himena, Himena, Himena. Uh, Himena, Himena, Himena. I can't say her name. Mike and, and Himena, uh, you know, you you really want Mike to, to find love. He seems like a good, genuine dude who's just weird and maybe farts a lot. And then you have Himena, who, who is using this guy to, to get new boobs and a tummy tuck and he pays, pays her rent. I mean, I, I think you probably have stories of, of true love, but it, it all just seems like diet sex trafficking, right? It seems like, like there's, there's like really bad sex trafficking, right? Where like people are kidnapped. I'm not saying any of it's, I'm not saying any of it's good. Okay. Can I, do I have to say, I'm not saying any of it's good, but I think parts of it are less bad. You know, there's there like, like that movie run Lola run. No, not run Lola run. What was it called? <sighs> Lilia forever, right? There's this movie called Lilia forever. And I think it's, it's like a Swedish flick or something. It might be German, but it's about this girl who, who is promised a career in modeling and, and and the, you know, the whole world, if, if she comes to this new country, you know, free, free room and board and stuff. And then they're locked in, in like a tiny apartment and, and forced to, it's, it's a brutal movie. Uh, the whole, the whole soundtrack is done by Rammstein, this intense German band. It's it's heartbreaking. It's uplifting. It's, it's real, right? Lilia forever. Run Lola Run's good too, but if you want to watch that movie, you could just watch Yellow Card's music video for Ocean Avenue because it's the same thing and it's 95 minutes shorter. But so there's this there's the sex trafficking where you you're brought to a new country and you're locked away and they take your passport and all your money and your phone and everything and you have to just like be exploited until you pay off a certain amount of money and and by that time you're so broken and and dehumanized that the dreams of being a model, the dreams of whatever, getting out of your home country and, 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 and living it's brutal. It's brutal. Right. And then there's 90 day fiance sex trafficking. That is like, yeah, we'll doink. If you buy me new boobs and get me a visa to come to the United States. But then like, it's so weird. It's so Weird, because there's clearly people on this show that are, like, catfishing and looking for money, right? There's this, like, there's this, first of all, there's this total, like, this is part of where the sex trafficking comes into, right? Sex, like, diet sex trafficking. How many times can a guy say sex trafficking on a friggin' podcast without it being an NPR thing? But there's this guy, this 54-year-old guy, Ben, right? He's trying to, he's trying to marry a 24 year old woman from friggin' Peru. Ah, that's double your age, dude. And then, so he goes there and he's surprised when she doesn't want to meet up. He sent her $10,000. The pictures of this, of this woman don't look real. Like they all look Photoshopped. You meet her. She's actually, in my opinion, like 10 times prettier than the Photoshop versions of her, but she brings him to her home which is an Airbnb, no doubt about it. What what type of twenty four year old has bunk beds and like like board games and and a surfboard that looks like it's on display, but you've never surfed a day in your life? 
And like, so he's like trying to find a young bride who wants a visa to bring back to the United States. This guy is a pastor who got divorced and is now dating, dating in, in air quotes, a woman who is the same age as his oldest daughter. He also gets there and he finds out she's not 24. She's 22. And he's like, Whoa, Whoa. I know I'm a creepy sex perv, but like that she's too young for me. 22. Come on, dude, Ben, a 22 year old is too young for me, dude. And I'm 29, bro. You are 54. This, this is effed up. You can't. So it's she, she mahogany, the girl is is doing what I think is cool. She's taking money from pervs, right? Because she seems to have no interest in in coming to America to be this man's wife because he's the same age as her dad. And I think there are people who look for that. I think there's other versions of relationship. You know, there's there's another, you know, like Gino and Yasmin, you know, he, he's a self-proclaimed sugar daddy. And she says, if I wanted a sugar daddy, I'd get a real sugar daddy. Like she's a bombshell and she's dating this weird guy who never takes off his hat. Oh man. We'll get, we'll get there. But so I watching this show is like, it's funny and it's heartwarming and it's heartbreaking. And it's, you know, you see these like, Like, I don't know, not everybody has a ton of options to get out of the country they live in. And, and not everybody is confident enough, I guess, or, or everybody on that show has something going on that won't allow them to like find love within their own city limits. Right. Like Mike is from New York city and he's dating a woman from, from South America. Cause he couldn't find somebody in the literal biggest city in the United States. It's tough. It's tough out there for a pimp. You know, I don't think we can say pimp anymore. Uh, it's like Jimena wanted, I heard, I heard talk about her. Yeah. Jimena, Jimena. She wanted a boob job and like said, she wouldn't get married unless he got her one. Because she wants to be a model. First of all, if, if you think you can't be a model without getting a boob job, I will show you a million Craigslist ads of people that are looking to take your pics. They don't care if you got, you have boobs or not. They're just trying to be weird sex pervs. She wants, she wants to be a model. She's like 28 and she's like, well, now's the time. Now's the time. I was thinking maybe I'd get into modeling. Probably not though. Probably not. Uh, it's, it's a wild show. It's a wild. So let's talk about work. I guess we're just going to finish the episode. talking about 90 day fiance. <laughs> this, this episode is about eggs and reality TV and you can't stop me because it's almost over. And if you could, let me tell you what, if you wanted to stop me, you already did. And you're not hearing this. So it goes without saying 
Gino is this guy who's like a self-proclaimed sugar daddy, right? And he like brags about giving women like $200 to go on a date with him. And I don't know the ins and outs of being a sugar daddy. I'm not one. I don't make that much money. But $200 to me for eating dinner with a weirdo. I'll take it. I don't I think I think a lot of people could make more money. And that's kind of what Yasmin said. So Gino is this weird Weird, like, 50-year-old bald man who has hair on the back of his head, but he never takes his hat off. Like, when 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 they show them being intimate, his hat stays on. And he has this collection of, like, plain-colored, like, black or blue or red baseball hats. And so, he's a sugar daddy, right? And he, like, he hasn't had a job in seven months, and he bought his bombshell of a... Uh, fiance a toothbrush for christmas but he's a sugar daddy right so he says and for some reason she she sees something in him and i don't know if she just wants to be on tv i don't know if i don't know what it is you know but there are moments where they seem like they're genuinely in love and you root for them right and then you're reminded that gino sent her nudes to his his ex sugar baby. And like this woman posted screenshots and was like, I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. He keep like, he sent me your pictures. Like what is up with that? And so this is where, this is where the sex trafficking totally out the window. Yasmin, Yasmin finds out and she rips him a new one and she tears his hat off his head. She says, you stupid, weird hat wearing old, sad old man. She tears his hat off his head and throws it, uh, out, out of the, out of the, like they're at a resort. This all happened. She was taking a nap. They were on vacation at a resort in freaking Panama. Ah, for Christmas. And, and he was sending nudes to his ex sugar baby. What is this world? You know, what kind of dude does that? Uh, sex pervs, sex pervs. That's, that's who it is. Every time when you want to blame something on some, uh, on a group of people, it's the sex pervs, right? It's gotta be, it's gotta be. So she's mad, right? She tears his hat off and this is 11 episodes into the series. We have not seen Gino's head. She tears it off and it shows he's totally bald, but except for the back of his head, like where a hat has that little gap where the, the sizing clip is, you know, on a baseball type hat. It's like he leaves the hair there to make it look like he has hair on his head. It's so, uh, uh, it's, I'm not trying to body shame, but it look, it looks bad. It looks bad. Uh, so in this scene, like she's furious and like, he's extremely calm and like nervous and his eyes are big and wide and he's bald and he's got bags under his eyes and he calmly gets off the bed. He's, he's not wearing a hat and he's like, if you want to behave that way, I don't think we should talk right now. And he grabs his backpack, opens it, puts another hat on his head. She throws like a plain red hat out the window. He pulls out a plain black hat just right on his head. Cool as a cucumber. Like he has a bag of hats, like he's freaking Bartholomew Cubbins, right? And then they get back together. And he's like, I found this toenail clipping when you left. 
And I saved it. I saved it because you're my Panama girlfriend. I found a toenail of yours. He's got such an annoying Michigan voice. Ugh. He saved your toenail and that they got back together. They got back together for a toenail. What's the most most romantic thing your your sugar daddy ever did for you? Oh, he saved your toenail? He's a sex perv. Get out of there. Get out. He has multiple hats in a bag. That's, he's imagining you in that bag because he's a sex perv. All right, everybody. This has been the deviled advocate, I think. Uh, 90 Day Fiance is insane. Uh, if you haven't watched it, Give it a give it a watch. It's bonkers. Egg sandwiches are one of the best things in existence. Party down is always good, and Peacemaker is funny as heck. Did we just talk about eggs and TV on this episode? Did we just talk about eggs and TV on this episode? Sometimes that's all you do. Sometimes that's what the deviled egg we get is, and sometimes that's good enough. You know what I mean? All right, take it easy. Be well, drink lots of water, be kind, and uh, don't be don't be a sex trafficker. I don't think I need to say it to the people listening to this show, but don't be a freaking sex trafficker, okay? Okay. Bye! spent the life